Life isn't about answers, it's about questions. Asking good questions is key to learning. That's a proven fact. And there is no more important question than why Jesus. So get ready as we dive into the conversation together on the next episode of the Why Jesus Podcast. All right, we are in. Hello, everyone, to the Why Jesus podcast. We have a lot of topics we're going to cover today. We're going to be talking about the UFC and I think it's Bryce Mitchell's perspective on the Maui fires and how they are satanic. We also have a discussion coming up about what's happening in Armenia. If you haven't heard about it, I haven't heard much about it either, but our friend Arthur is here to help us understand it better. And we have a couple of clips from the news cycle or Twitter cycle. One is of a Jesus statue being defaced, vandalized, and decapitated. And another one is about speaking in tongues, rap version. So we're going to end it on a little bit more of a lighthearted, <laughs> silly note, but we're going to start off heavy and serious. And before all of that, how are my fellow guest hosts doing? I, I was letting Arthur speak first. <laughs> <laughs> age i gotta respect the age am i older anyway, i have no idea you're yeah, both bald know. you're both old. yeah both bald we we both look the same age on top but uh <laughs> doing phenomenal absolutely phenomenal i feel like i haven't been on the podcast in a while i've been traveling so much so i'm just excited to uh to be on here we're glad to have you we're always oh, glad to you. have you john thank you thank you how about you arthur i'm doing good uh tomorrow's my tomorrow's my 38th birthday Oh wow! Nice. You you are younger than me. We need a we need a happy I got birthday. way more gray than you. Yeah, you do. You do. Well, you might just have more stress. You do have more kids than me, <laughs> so true. you know that could possibly be it. There you go. There you go. Pardon. And uh, of course, I am the only twenty-year-old in the group because I am just that cool. And I don't even and know. Hip. I don't even know how you got here. That actually like, goes a lot to say about our coolness that we're able to actually yeah. hang out with 20 year olds. That's well, right. I allow you to hang out with me because, <laughs> uh, you know, I see, see, all my other friends are actually enjoying their lives. Meanwhile, I just lock myself up in my house and just work and make YouTube <laughs> videos. So it's going to pay out at the end. Yeah. <laughs> you either pay now or pay later. I either guess. Way, you got to pay. All right. Let's see if we can pull up the one of the videos for today. Um, Let's go here. So I have not seen this. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I mentioned it to you. I haven't seen this thing yet. I only saw uh, that it happened. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. It's all right. So this is the video that we're going to be starting off with. It's the Bryce Mitchell Octagon interview. I've been seeing a, a few things on YouTube popping up about it, but I watched it for a little bit just to get an idea of what we're watching. But here, let's just play it right here right now. Fight fans, after three rounds, we go to the scorecards, and here are the totals. 30-27, 29-28, and 29-28, all for your winner by unanimous decision, Doug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell! Hold on, pause it, pause it, pause it. I just love how his name is Thug Nasty, and now he's about to do this whole Bible speech. <laughs> <laughs> The, 
I didn't realize that. I, I, I guess I, I don't pay any attention to UFC fighting or boxing. So like, <laughs> I just, I guess they have their own like names, kind of like writing names and stuff like that. They have their own little fighting names or what? Like Thug oh. Nasty, that's his fighting name. Mm-hmm. I wonder what made him choose that name, but okay. I'm here with the winner, Bryce Mitchell. Bryce, congratulations to both of you. Tremendous fight, back and forth battle. You were declared the winner. Talk me through the fight. How do you feel? He's the hardest hitter I've ever fought. I didn't expect him to be so fast and move so well. And his grappling defense is so good, too. Um, I brought this Bible in here tonight because I do believe Satan has taken over this earth. And something specifically I'm talking about is these fires in Hawaii. I'll be no- donating $5,000 to Dan Ige tonight to give to people in Hawaii because I know he lost friends, they lost their homes, they lost their children. And I love these people with all my heart. And we have to show Satan that he can do nothing through the power of Christ when we come together. Let me ask you about your eye. Obviously, Dan connects with a couple of good shots there. Pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it. Just straight up ignored everything he said. I mean, just acknowledge the fact that the guy is giving away 5,000 bucks, man. Like, seriously. He said, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But what's up with your eye, man? It look a little crazy right now. I mean, I think the announcer was like, I can only imagine what he's hearing in his ear right now from the producers. Like, just keep it on track. Stay on. Go do not. Engaged. <laughs> is his opponent Hawaiian? I, it's I possible. Think so. It might be in Hawaii. Know. Maybe. Okay, so that's oh, no, it's Vegas. It's in Vegas. On. Yeah, but I think his opponent. I think he's giving it because of his opponent. That that's really cool. Yeah. Yo, he he gave the most Christian answer for a winner. Like he obviously won a a, a tough fight but Mm -hmm. he's just he's just talking about how good his opponent is he's he's faster than i thought he was he's this he's like giving him compliments that's the that's the tip i wouldn't say typical but that's the correct christian response when you win a fight it's a (laughs) it's a very humble yo you you did amazing bro you're such an amazing fighter like you're edifying the other person after you just beat them down like that is <laughs> yeah but it, it's cool because he even he even told him to stay he's like yeah stay here that, that's cool man that's respect yep. mm-hmm. that's what i mean it's the like i i believe this guy's a christian i do yeah i don't know much about him um uh, i mean look you can be a christian and be theologically not very um yeah yeah uh, yeah, we can we can discuss yeah. the theology. I forget how this ends. I just want to play it out. Okay. I'm just I'm just talking about his response. Like he's I love fruit. that. I love that. Yeah, that's showing cool. fruits of the spirit right now. Did that impair your vision? Oh, that's a scratch, man. I ain't nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, also, to these these fires in Hawaii, I don't believe that they were natural. I believe they were man-made. They're trying to take the land from the natives, and I want Dan Ige, a native Hawaiian, to lead this world in prayer against the power of Satan. Well, congratulations on a great fight. <laughs> Danny, again, congratulations as well. Bryce Mitchell, Thug Nasty, tremendous performance, my brother. Please let Dan pray. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, your winner, Thug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell. Oh, my word. Dang, how That's awkward. That's that... Hey, he put him out there. Uh, he put himself out there. Like, that's difficult. Oh, man. Like, oh, that's rough. That's it's, rough. So let's let's break this down, right? 
Obviously, There's a couple of claims that have been made, I think. Yeah. Well, just just in the response of the um, of the host, obviously he's got to do his job, right? Mm-hmm. So some people might look at that and be like, "Oh, they they get mad when you talk about Jesus, blah blah blah." Look, you got like three minutes, one to three minutes, to get a to get an after fight talk, and the dude just starts talking about Jesus. He doesn't talk about the fight. Your man. He one hundred percent in his ear. Yeah, the, the producer's like, all up in his ear. Yeah. So, look, I, I don't want to fault the uh, the guy. If it was me, though, I would have let him pray. But that's because, correct. I'm a Christian. Yeah, I, I've heard. I've heard Dana White, and I think I watched something from him. I could be wrong. My memory yeah. could be letting me down. But Dana White really doesn't like it when fighters get up and talk about religion. Yeah, I covered um, it. I covered it before. He he. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Side. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, I think you did it after a Dariush's fight. Yep. In like uh, United Arab Emirates or Saudi Arabia or something. Yeah. Um, and so it it makes sense that they have, hey man, this is this is our business. Don't allow people to do X, Y, and Z. Because look, if the Christians do it, I mean, imagine. So Christians might be sitting there and saying, "Oh, I can't believe he didn't let him to pray and stuff like that." Now imagine the next fighter who's a Muslim and then says. Hey, I want to lead all of you guys in the shahada or something. You know, right. like, and uh, and and they don't allow him. Then it's like, oh, you guys are supporting Christians and not Muslims, or you know. So they're like equally discriminatory, I guess. Yeah, I don't I think, even see yeah, it I as think a from, I think from thing. a producer standpoint, that's how they view it. They're like, if we we either have to let every religion have their say, or we have to just cut a line and say, no, we're just not going to engage. And I think that's kind of the line they drew, where they're like, yeah. "We're just not going to engage." Yeah, yeah. I don't definitely. have an issue. I don't have an issue. But he's also making claims that are a bit kind of out there. Yeah, yeah. that's what. So let's talk about the theology behind that. These fires being satanic. What, what were we thought? Well, he said he initially said Satan is taking over the world. I think. Yeah, that's a little weird. I, I, I think also, he. So, I think like, he. Me- so what? Just trying to translate that into. Uh, unadrenaline pumping language uh i'm pretty sure he was probably just just saying like the satanic agenda is trying to take over you know like with all the all the the hot topics that are being pushed right now maybe i don't know Hmm. yeah could be the case I, I, I see. I, like, I feel like we'd be reading. I feel like it's hard to read into a two minute clip (laughs) of what, what he's trying to say um because to me when i when i heard that i was like i first thought to myself i'm like i feel like he's trying to say that satan is trying to use these fires to devour devour the land like but then he also said they're man-made and so yeah, i'm not yeah, sure if he's I, saying that the the fires were made by someone who is driven by satan yeah essentially he's saying that he's saying they're trying to the, the satanic agenda according to him is that some people who are very vile and evil are intentionally burning up the land to take it away from the natives yeah, there's a there's a conspiracy theory behind it that the elites are, you know, the, there's super rich people who live in Hawaii who want that land. So they created these fires and then, you know, they didn't release the water. Um, like it, there was something with like the, the commissioner or who's ever yeah. in control of releasing water. They didn't release it um, in, in time. And they said because it was they were trying to conserve the water or whatever. Uh, so the theory is that they're trying to um, wipe out 
all of this property, get people to, I guess, sell it for cheap or, or something. So that way they can build their mansions or whatever it is they want on it. That's, yeah. that's a, uh, a very, uh, for, for my lack of knowing the depth of oh. this conspiracy theory, that's, that's just my explanation of it. I, I just saw Joshua's uh, comment. Uh, so he might just be like out there. This one yeah. that uh, apparently he believes that the earth is flat. And that uh, uh, globe is Satan's biggest lie. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know uh, anything about the guy. So if I, if he actually said that in an interview, that's interesting. I just think about like if the Earth is flat and a fire starts, like would it just like start going over the whole thing, like 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 this? I know you guys listening on stream and can't see my hand, but like there's those, mountains. Yeah, I, the wind just blows and goes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I think. It sounds like there's a lot of just speculation going on. I don't know if it's uh, if there's really any merit to it or not, but yeah. I think I think that's just interesting. I, I think the interesting thing, the reason why I think it got a little bit of um, attention was just was more not just the fact that it was kind of weird, but also the fact that he was just cut off the entire time. They did yeah. not engage with him, so I think that's also why people were paying attention to it. Um, yeah. I don't know, but any, any more thoughts on that? Yeah, I would just say I I appreciate his boldness. Yeah, but. Uh, at the same time, uh, he pulled a weird Christian move. So, like, our, our PR team would be pretty upset. <laughs> pulled a weird Christian move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, look, I don't have an issue with people kind of getting up there and saying, after any sporting event, hey, I want to thank God, whatever, encouraging your opponent, um, talking about safety, talking about your win mm -hmm. and discipline and, just overall thanking God, being thankful over yeah. any sporting event that uh, you've you've done well in, mm -hmm. um, without somehow bringing in a weird theology like God is for me and not again like against the other guy or whatever like that, right? Um, mm -hmm. When it gets into some of those comments where they're just like very just unclear, like who believes this? That like fires are satanic. There's all sorts of evil satanic stuff happening uh, across the globe right like that's just the reality of the earth being under the you say dominion probably would be the fair word dominion of the prince of the power of the air and human beings aren't mm -hmm. in their natural state godly that's not what ephesians 2 teaches that we are all followers of satan the prince of the power of the air and uh, in our natural state we are all enemies of god and worthy to be uh, under God's wrath and punishment. So like, that's the thing that threw me off a little bit in the beginning. It's like Satan is taking over. It's like, no, Satan's kind of already got rulership over this thing. Yeah. God's allowing him to have some kind of dominion. Like, it's not like we were way better and then now we're getting worse. Mm -hmm. We've been bad for a very long time. Yeah, I yeah. think, uh, and, and oh, I'm sorry. I mean, the way this the way this looks throughout history may change and differ. I mean, the one thing about our current day and age that sometimes when I think people say it's worse than it used to be, like you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that now we're just aware of all the problems going on in the world because of social media and things like that. It's hyper exaggerated, um, so everyone's always aware of all the bad things. Um, but I mean, if you check out history for a brief second. Uh, you start to realize that a lot of these empires are very messed up uh, and morally corrupt as well. Yeah. People in general. 
Yeah, that's why we need salvation. Yep. And speaking of corruption, what's happening in Armenia? Because I like that. That I know uh, John brought that up before this live stream to talk about a little bit, and I'm still not fully aware of what's going on. I looked at the news a little bit, but I'm not. So I'm gonna. I'm totally gonna know if you can explain it better. I'm Arthur. gonna pull up a map, and then show you kind of what's going on and what the conflict is, if that's okay. Yeah, and just try to just try to explain it visually for people who might be just listening. Yes. For our huge audio listeners. Yeah, our huge. We just hit 2,000 downloads. So to me, that's huge, huge. Okay. Wait, why can't you see this? Okay. No, we see that's, it. I, I can see no, it. I know, but I want to share something else. It seems like it's not what I wanted to show. Give me a second. I know why. Right there. That's the map I want to show. Okay. Uh, you probably... Uh, some folks might have seen Ruslan's kind of uh, Pray for Armenia kind of clip, and it's got this picture in there. There's a reason why I'm using this clip, because it explains a number of things. Um, what you see here in the darker um, orange, I guess, mm -hmm. is modern-day Armenia, okay? Not including this part. This Akhil Kalaki is in, um, is in Georgia. But where, if you guys pay attention, you'll see a little beautiful woman facing this way <laughs> and that's her neck i don't know if i define that as beautiful but sure um okay i won't hold that against you <laughs> this is this is modern current armenia that's the map of armenia it's a tiny little country um as you can tell up to the north it's got georgia and russia Azerbaijan to its east to its west it's Turkey now where you say it's where you see it says western Armenia is all Turkey mm. um, and then you got Iran on the bottom over here to the south nice. now this little segment here it's it's actually pronounced Nakhichevan uh, which is a which is essentially a disconnected region but it belongs to Azerbaijan okay mm. um this part where it says Artsakh or Nagorno-Karabakh, this is a more updated map, actually. It's supposed to go down. Is historic Armenian land. Nagorno-Karabakh is the kind of Turkic-Russian name for it. Armenians call it Artsakh. Um, and some of the oldest churches we have are in this area. I've been there. I was there in 2020. Um, I did a video with Ruslan talking about going to a place where... Um, it was a disciple. It was the grave of a disciple of uh, Thaddeus. Uh, his name was Dadi. His other place is called Dadi Vank. But um, so in historically, this, this region has been a mess. Okay. So the Ottomans have ruled it. The Iranians have ruled it. The Russians have ruled it. Armenians have ruled it. Um, Georgians really haven't come that south, but probably did at one point. The Azerbaijanis, Azerbaijan wasn't a country officially till like the 1918 or 1921 one of those two i think in 1918 but that, that's not to say that azerbaijani people didn't live in there i think we have records going back to like the 1000s ad where we get kind of a mention and some people think Azerbaij azerbaijanis are turkic but also like so sort of turkic iranians so this northern part of iran is full of azerbaijanis uh, they're persian essentially iranian azerbaijanis but in 1920s 
the Russians took over this area. Okay. Um, oh man, I should back up. Forgive me. After the genocide, essentially after the fall of the Ottoman Empire, there was actually a treaty that was signed by Western powers, um, where where you say it says Western Armenia was supposed to be given to Armenia. Armenia was supposed to be that big. The Ottoman Empire was going to become very small. Um, and part of it was going to be Greek and so on and so forth. But the Turks had a revolution with Ataturk. Modern Turkey was established. They essentially fought wars, pushed the Armenians back into whatever the modern borders are. Um, the Russians took over this area and then made a deal essentially with the Turks to put this region of predominantly Armenians, Nagorno-Karabakh, Artsakh, within the map of Azerbaijan, okay, which includes this orange here with this yellow. Um, and it was like that. Armenians and Azeris were living together because they were Soviet republics. The issue was that Armenia was a Soviet republic, Azerbaijan was a sort of Soviet republic, but this area, this autonomous sort of area was considered a, a kind of separate territory. It wasn't a republic, but it was a territory. They kind of self-governed themselves. When communism fell... Um, in the 1990s, and I was in Armenia when that happened, and I remember the first, what's called the first Karabakh War. Uh, I was about five years old. Um, the predominant majority of the Armenians decided that they were going to join Armenia. The Azeris saw that as like an internal rebellion, and so sent in troops, basically, and there was ethnic clashes, fighting, sent in troops to squash it. The Armenians said, no, we're not going to have that um, and sent in their troops. And there was a war fought from, for about four years. And um, the Armenians ended up winning that. Now, what you see is in the yellow and the orange in this area is what the Armenians took. So they took Karabakh plus these other regions. Um, so it's been a standstill, essentially ceasefire since the, since 94 the U.S., Russia, and France have been trying to me mediate and, and come to a resolution. Haven't really done much. In 2020, Azerbaijan launched a full-scale war on that on Nagorno-Karabakh and, and Armenia. Now, it never really attacked prop Armenia proper, but in that area, the fighting happened. And it was, it was a 44-day war. This is during COVID, by the way. The whole world wasn't fighting, except the Azeris decided to launch a war in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and they essentially won that and then took all that yellow away, plus that little orange part. Uh, but the orange part was remaining, and the Russians stopped it and said, we'll mitigate it, and we'll try to see what's going to happen. And it's been in that state till about like a week and a half ago when the Azeris launched, essentially in 24 hours, an insane attack, bombed every village they could, and got them to concede lay down their arms now and uh, what they're calling is a liberation of their land this is the way it's anti-terrorism because these are internal you know fighters who don't want to submit the, to the authorities now the Azeris are saying everyone there who's armenian if they want to stay here and become citizen of citizens of our country can uh, we're not pushing them out but the armenians don't want to stay there now there's reasons why they don't want to stay there they don't want to stay there because there's Lots of animosity. They don't want to stay there because they have no guarantees, really, that someone's not going to come and walk into their house and slit the throat of their daughters and kids and wives and husbands because that's happened. Um, and this is not me just saying that's happened. They put it on their own social media. They put it on their own Telegram channels. There's videos slowing around the internet of them decapitating 
folks. Um, now, there's a Muslim, Christian, obviously, um, component to this. Uh, and so what's happening is there's 120,000 people in that area now, and they're all fleeing to this area of Gapan, or th there's another area here called Goris. And so there's a refugee crisis, essentially, um, mm -hmm. of these people evacuating historic lands they've been living on since the dawn of time, like since Noah got off the ark. Um, and I'm, I'm not really exaggerating there. <laughs> because Noah got off the ark essentially in this area right here. So it's not that far, guys. It's not that, that far from what we're talking about, right? Like, so you stand in Yerevan, you go, you look this way, you see the mountains of Ararat. It's very clear, very beautiful. Um, and so people have been there for a very, very long time. These Armenians have been there for a very long time. And now they're packing everything up into bags and they're going. And again, uh, some people might be looking at that and say, well, Arthur, you know, you're, you're biased and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm biased. So what? Um, name me a person who's not biased. Like, go watch Al Jazeera. Tell me if they're not biased towards their Muslim friends. Um, it's it's very clearly the case that there's a bias. I try to be as objective as possible. Uh, if people, if people, whether Armenian or Azeri, doesn't matter to me. If they commit crimes against humanity, they should they should be punished by the full extent of the law, international law. I don't care about that. Um, if they do that, the the issue comes down is to who's doing what, who's done what, and figure that out. Currently, the Azeris are doing that. Um, and again, they're recording it, they're putting it on the internet. So that's kind of a historical breakdown of what's happening and then what's currently happening in, in, in regards to there's a refugee crisis. My main issue is that nobody really seems to care. The European powers didn't get involved. Why didn't Europe get involved? Because they got issues with Russia, and they're getting almost all their gas from Azerbaijan. That's the reality of it. The Azeri president is a dictator. He's been in power since 2002, 2001. And before him, the guy that was in power was his dad. That's the two leaders they've had since the fall of the Soviet uh, Union. They're a pretty autocratic kind of dictatorship. And... They have all sorts of human violation, human rights violations. They don't have much freedom when it comes to the press. You guys can look it up and people rate these things. They're like number five on how bad they are when it comes to human rights violations. Or they're like mm -hmm. fifth. And, and, and ahead of them are countries like North Korea, by the way. So it's you kind of get a sense of uh, what's going on. <clears throat> yeah, I remember. A, go ahead. I just I remember when we covered this. Uh, it's it's so sad that we're that we have to cover it again, because I feel like we just covered it last year with um, the genocide that was going on, mm. and the propaganda that you were um, that you were like exposing on on how um, the the like media from Azerbaijan speaks about um, uh, you know, Armenians. Like, yeah, Armenians. I don't know why that slipped, but uh, it, it's just crazy. And it, it reminds you of when the Nazis would paint Jews as like rats, you yeah. know, and mm -hmm. as less than human. So I, I can understand people saying like, oh, yeah, Arthur's just biased because, you know, he's Armenian. But you just you just got to look at it objectively, look at what it is they're doing and not just right now. 
right? Because somebody could take an, an, an air shot view of this and be like, oh, they're just trying to get their land and all of that stuff. But you just have to backtrack a little bit into just last year and mm -hmm. the propaganda that was going around. And it's just really sad that, uh, that the world ignores this for essentially for financial reasons. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so all sorts of parties are benefiting from these things. And, uh, you know, the Americans want a presence there. They want the Russians gone. The Russians want a presence there uh, for all sorts of reasons. Countries are selling weapons to each other. People are coming and fighting. In 2020, the Azeris had Syrian soldiers come fight that Pakistanis fighting because they saw this as some kind of a weird jihad. In the 90s, they had Afghani Mujahideen come and fight the Armenians because they saw it as the you know infidel Christians they're fighting against. This is common knowledge. Like somebody can just look it up and read some stuff. There's like, there's news reports from ABC and NBC that they're they're interviewing folks in Syria where they're like, yeah, we went and fought for Azerbaijan, and the Azeri like uh, president will say, no, nobody came and fought for us. We had we didn't have any help. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> we believe you. Uh, the, a guy that's a dictator and uh, cool. Vice has done something on this that's pretty fair, I think. Um, there's all sorts of cluster uh, uh, illegal ammunition that's been used cluster bombs that are used on both sides it seems like but, and, but the, the reality like, is this is the this is the situation in that region it doesn't get much attention it's funny to me that like three years ago a lot of americans didn't know where ukraine was or what or what a ukrainian flag looked like right um and now you got the Ukrainian prime minister in the parliament of Canada and he's getting a standing ovation and all this stuff because he's fighting against the evil Russians, you know? And, uh, and then when we have real evil, not, not to say that um, Putin's any less of a dictator than, than Aliyev, but I would say Russians have way more freedom than Azeris. That's clearly the case. Um, nobody cares about this because it, it's just beneficial and it's not an opportune time to go after that guy. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Especially mm -hmm. with elections around the corner. And, and help me understand also when it comes to Armenia and the global world scale, do they have much of exports or anything? Like do people rely on them on much of anything? No, Armenia is a landlocked country. We, yeah. we export intelligence. Um, and I, I huh. I'm being kind of sarcastic about that, but uh, Armenia's most recent export has been computer programming, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, but in regards to natural resources, yeah, it's it's been stripped away. All all those areas that would have had the la natural resources. Because generally speaking, whenever there's um, conflict, the only times powerful nations care is if there's resources involved, um, whether that be. Uh, like oil or something like that, a natural resource. Yeah, which Azerbaijan that, has both of. Or, or whether that gas be, and oil. Um, in the case of like you know Ukraine, Ukraine's like right on the border of the UN and stuff, and so they care a lot because they don't want Russia to get closer to their borders. By the way, Ukraine uh, is one of the largest exporters of grain. For those who don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it all it, it all boils down to economics as of who they care about and who they don't care about economics and politics. Yeah, the sucky thing is that, you know, then you get all these people who are, uh, whose lives are uprooted and destroyed right? because of those decisions. Mm -hmm. I was looking at some pictures and uh, videos of just the cars that are lined up, 
trying to leave. It's it's heartbreaking. It really is because these are these are people who've built their lives there at the very least for the past thirty years. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's sad, man. Mm-hmm. Definitely something to. It's it's very hard. I would say it's very hard for Americans to kind of visualize why there would be some kind of this kind of animosity and hate. Uh, because Americans have never had to experience that, really. So I'll give you an example. I was talking to a friend today, and I told him I was watching a video of an, a funeral, an Osiri funeral. And it was a soldier that had been killed. And the mother was there, and she was crying, okay? And which is understandable. She's weeping. Her son has died. Um, and, and people, when they're, when they're mourning, will say all sorts of irrational things. Okay, like, granted. But I'm going to repeat what this woman said. Okay. And then I'll tell you. And then when we get people saying, why don't the Armenians just stay there and become citizens? And I go, what, what do you think? This is one person. Okay. She said, essentially, she was saying, we demand the blood of the Armenians. We want to drink their blood. We want to drink the blood of their children. She said babies, actually, not children. Um, this is just a common 80-year-old woman who's in mourning who can utter these sort of statements. Like, there's a, I guess there's a difference between saying, like, hey, we want justice. They unjustly killed our people. We want justice. But I think it goes beyond that when you're talking about, like, I want to drink the blood of their babies. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay. And then now you're being told, well, yeah, these people want to live side by side by you and you can do it peacefully. I'm not very sure what the resolution, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I think the resolution is for the Azeris and Armenians at mass to become Christians. Then then there yeah. could be something peaceful happening there. Yeah, it kind of um, reminds, it, I'm sorry. Go, go, go. That kind of reminds me of uh, the Israel-Palestine situation uh, yes. with how many times Israel has you know, tried to write a treaty and, and tried to come to a, a land sharing agreement and tried all of these things. And it, it's just, you can't with people who want to see the eradication of your entire race. Like you, you can't come to terms and, and agreements with that because if you, they openly tell you that, yeah, if we ever get in power, we're, we're going to kill you all. And, and then you have the whole world like, oh, why, why don't, you know, why is Israel so tough when it yeah. comes to this situation? And I, I, I get the, that's the only thing that in my mind that I that um, can at the moment compare it to. And I know they're two totally complete, completely different situations. But it, you know, what you're saying about seeing these pictures of, of just cars lined up to leave. Why would somebody be willing to leave their home? It's because they know that if they stay, that they're running the risk of, somebody wanting to drink the blood of their children. Yeah, know? and the thing is that if it's a closed country, it's like who's going to find out? Yeah, that's true. Very true. It's 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 more like how do, you, more do dangerous. we know what's happening in North Korea right now? Right, exactly. No, I mean for for all we know that they can go into a village and kill every single resident of that village, yeah. bulldoze it over and say there was nothing here. And mm-hmm. and it's not like we haven't witnessed this as a people. I mean, the genocide was 
had this, right? Like there is people finding mass graves in Turkey and in the deserts of Syria. And they know they're Armenian graves. They're mass graves because they killed people and threw them into the, and just covered it up. So a hundred some odd years later, it's like, oh man, we were digging and we came across a bunch of skulls. So, but who cares? It's like in, in, in a certain sense, it's like a hundred some odd years later, it's way too late. Way, way too late to be like, oh, by the way, let's, uh, let's bring some attention to this. I mean, that's currently when stuff like this is happening is where, where we should be at. Uh, Armenians continuously have open wounds of this sort because this stuff seems to never stop. Um, and it, it sort of is like this repetition that is happening uh, in, our, in our history uh, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, make anybody who's listening or will listen uh, aware of what's going on. And I would just, um, I would implore anybody who is listening or watching to at least talk to somebody about what's going on and, and make them aware. So that way they could tell somebody too. if the news isn't going to be covering it in the way that they should be covering it, at least get the word of mouth out. Praise God for social media and YouTube and podcasts and, and, you know, our ability as just the general public to go out there and get information out, even when the uh, mainstream media decides to, you know, put it, put it on the last page of the newspaper, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> And you there it is. It's funny that uh, I, in recent uh, days, uh, my most trusted news sources have been coming out of India. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They, the Indians are very, uh, very fair. They cover it well. They get into the details. They, they tell the history really well. It, I mean, this is in English, by the way. Most of these things, are, they're mm. in English. But they fairly cover it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I'm going to need you to send me some of some like some of the news outlets that you uh, pay attention to over there. <laughs> yeah, just, YouTube is a great resource. Yo, for real. <laughs> YouTube University. <laughs> and apparently YouTube has lessened their uh, restraints on controversial well topics. So hopefully, yeah, well done, YouTube. Hopefully we can talk about that's a, that's a trend in the right direction <laughs> that we can talk a little bit more about controversial stuff and not be as tied up and be afraid that we'll get demonetized even though we're not monetized yet i hope so because on my channel all i got is a bunch of yellow <laughs> yellow cash symbols <laughs> yellow dollar signs and we gotta tell ruslan he doesn't need to say lgtv anymore <laughs> transformers <laughs> all right uh let's move on let's move on to one of the things in the title i think it's in the title it should be in the title um Hopefully. Let's uh let's pull it up here. This is an article by what I understand. Let's share screen. And I hear you hitting the button. I hear you. Oh yeah. It. There it oh, is. Holding. There's a little I see it. So there's a little circle. The thing. vandalized Jesus. Um speaking of, you know, things that ought not be. Um Apparently, someone decided to decapitate a Jesus statue at a Louisiana Catholic school. Um, I don't know exactly. No one really knows who did it, it seems. It seems like no one's really aware of what, what happened or why it happened. Uh, but 
the school itself is not pressing charges or anything. They're trying to take a position of forgiveness by what I understand. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are more familiar with the situation than I am or not. No, I was just, um, when I briefly read it, I was just happy with the response yeah. of the, um, of the Catholic school, our crazy cousins, um, <laughs> you know, that, uh, that they, you know, they take the position of forgiveness. I think that it's important to do stuff like that, especially when a story is this public. Well, it's important to do it in all situations, but, you know, when you have the chance to, to essentially get on your soapbox and be like, this is wrong. This is what they're doing to the communities. And, you know, Satan's doing this. He's taking over the world. And this is, a, this is what's happened. You know, when, when you're given an, an opportunity in which you could do that, and be justified in doing so by worldly standards, but then you take the position of, hey, I know that you decapitated the statue of our Savior, but we've, mm -hmm. we're, we forgive you. And I see uh, that I they put that, this sign on, since the decapitation, they put up this sign with the verse from Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Amen. Um, and then they have flowers at the bottom. I'm not sure if they had flowers there originally or not, but I don't think they did. I mean, while we're covering this, we are completely ignoring the whole fact that it is a statue of Jesus. That's right. Though, you know, so we're just, we're, we're ignoring that to cover this. All right. That, that could turn into a whole other, a whole other podcast. We could, uh, we can have the whole debate about whether or not that's even right. Did you see the, um, I don't know if you could pull this up uh, on the spot LT, but they just did an AI generated um picture of if the shroud of turin is legit ai has just done a um has created what jesus would look like if um the shroud of turin is actually the the shroud that covered jesus are you able to like google that real quick um abc news never failed me before has it <laughs> um huh. Womp, 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 womp. Uh, ABC News may have failed me for the first. Oh, wait. Well, I see. I'm seeing Relevant Magazine. Let's see if I. Oh, let's go. Let's go. I pull this up here. Pull this up. Uh, present. Share screen. Share screen. Uh, do that. Is that the is, one? Yeah, that's is, the one. Is this what you're referring to? Yeah, that's it. The giant ad that just popped up? Yeah, the giant ad. So so this is the AI rendering of what Jesus would look like if the shroud turn was true? Yep. I feel like I've seen that guy before. Why does he look like exactly like everything, every other Jesus that I've... <laughs> that's been made? Uh, probably because a lot of icons were... And I've... Don't tell me to verify this but uh, you know what i want to pull something up side by side go for it but i can't oh here uh, uh, let me show this okay now this is an armenian icon of jesus okay can't see it hang on you have to no, i can't see be, it you have you have to be patient i think you got to get rid of your screen for me to pull up mine how funny would it be if it if the AI generated and looked like the dude from The Chosen? 
controversy. Yeah, I got rid of it. How come it's not showing up? Hang on. Check this out. My Wi-Fi is starting to give me issues. Yeah, you're you're tweaking a little bit. Oh no. Do you have to allow for that to happen? I don't know why it's not. There it is. There? Is this it? Yeah. Okay. So, no, that's a painting. But you, see, you can see quite a bit of similarities between these things. Now, I've heard uh, that a lot of the medieval sort of paintings and stuff like that were based off the shroud. So that's possible. It's partly why... I think we see similarity, like the Russians, I, Russian icons quite a bit actually look like whatever that AI generated thing is because people looked at the shroud, mm -hmm. it seems like, or and put it out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or the conspiracy of the whole like Cesar, uh, Borgia. Borgia. Yeah, yeah. The thing is that like all of these icons that I reference are pre Cesare Borgia. And, yeah. Uh, I I don't. I don't believe the conspiracies. I just. Uh, I just repeat them. Yeah. So, you know, Satan's taking over the world and starting fires and stuff like that. So, I just repeat them. There's some truth, I think, behind the white, blue-eyed kind of Cesare Borgia Jesus. Yeah. Well, he's definitely been whitewashed, one hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, my, I'm having I'm having Wi-Fi issues on my end. You okay. guys keep lagging on my end. You look fine on yeah, everything's yeah. fine from our everything's end. fine on your guys then because yeah, uh, yeah. you guys You're keep lagging. I keep you guys keep cutting in and out whenever I uh, so I can't follow everything. Well, you are doing much better than if I was using the Puerto Rico Wi-Fi. So <laughs> you're you're doing incredible. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll keep it we'll keep it rolling. Uh, so hopefully I'm trying to engage, but I'm like, you guys keep cutting out or it keeps lagging a little bit on my end. I'm like, I, I don't know exactly. can't exactly follow. Let's get but, to this speaking in tongues thing, rapping in tongues. This is hilarious. Oh boy. Let's see if I can pull it up here. <laughs> Jerome says, can't believe I'm still awake and also been clickbaited by this incredible scene. <laughs> so... This is the rapping in tongues. <laughs> Don't go to sleep yet, Jerome, because you got to see this. No. Okay, you got to see this. <laughs> so this is the rapping in tongues. Um, apparently, this is a new method of tongue speaking. We got a minute and 30 here. Let's see what we got. We will never get this minute and 30 back. <laughs> Oh, you think you stole a generation? No, says the Lord. Not another one, says the Lord. No, says the Lord. You is it just me or is that guy? Okay, we need to go back. Yeah. Why does he make me think of a witch doctor? Why, I when I see that, do I think witch doctor? I don't, I don't think. The guy with the cane? Yeah. I thought that was Darren Dixon from The Walking Dead. <laughs> he, just, he looks like he's like, you know, the cane. I don't know. Just I guess the hook feature to it and the way he's wearing that leather and everything. I just like, mm -hmm. I just, it just reminds me of some sort of like witch doctor style thing. I don't know. But anyway. Oh, um. says the Lord. You think you put a glitch on him? No, says the Lord. No glitch, says the Lord. 
Rata buskeda vandurutu Şikeda vandurutu Ütü motorataş kedim bunda Rukumuşatı kırandı kubuşke Çukuru batiki randurumuşke Bunu vundurakina bu Şikeda vandurutu What country is this from? So that that's rapping in tongues apparently. So do, do you know what country this is from? No idea. Um I just I'm 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 having trouble processing this real quick. You ever see those those memes where uh where I think it's the, Theos you memes where he's like my son will succeed me and then it says my son and then it's this guy or or like some other no nobody has seen that i hope uh, that uh okay well i'm not following it's way funnier if you knew <laughs> what i was talking about but uh yeah imagine like you're i don't know imagine you have a daughter and she brings this guy home and you're like wow this guy seems really nice he's like uh, he's a christian guy gonna treat my daughter well oh yeah i'll definitely come i'll come to your church oh you're part of the worship team awesome yes man you're looking at your daughter like daughter you finally did it you found the one. Oh, this is so awesome and then you 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 get to the church and you see you see this going on like <laughs> what do you do like what do you do i am curious of so what are the opinions on speaking in tongues here i don't i actually... speak in tongues Okay, you speak in tongues. What about you, John? What's your thoughts on speaking in tongues? I don't speak in tongues. I am uh, the driest charismatic you will ever meet. <laughs> I believe in the continuation of the gifts. I do not operate in any of them, though. So that is my opinion on it. I would, I would probably fall into a similar category as that, where I believe that gifts have continued, although I, yeah, I don't personally really actively walk in anything per se nor is it something i actively tell people they need to do either yeah um, so my church in connecticut is pentecostal and um they do everything by the book if there's a if there's definitely no better term for uh for this i think i just froze uh, let me fix it's this okay, real you're quick good. it's a good frozen position yeah it was good it was, <laughs> i look very contemplative um but um Anytime somebody speaks in tongues, there's an interpreter. Anytime. Nobody's publicly. just like, You're yeah, pub too. yes, publicly. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, in front of the whole congregation. And it's not like, like, I went four months or three months going there before this even ever happened during a service, you know? But I've been, I've visited churches where people are, like, just doing what that guy's doing, just uh, no interpreter. It's, this one's... It seems like uh, that's uh, the the interesting thing to me was like I think he was interpreting what he was saying. He's at least that's the impression that I got is that he is that what you thought he was doing when he mentioned uh, said the 
in English while he was talking? Yeah, you think I think so. Him interpreting because yeah, he keeps saying, "Thus says the Lord." Um, mm. Like this, this, this is a declarative statement from God. Um, Maybe. I feel like it would be more clear. I don't I know. Could, I couldn't yeah, even I, understand his interpretation. It's, it's weird to me because it seems to me that uh, whenever tongues happens like that, you, at least the way Scripture goes, is that other people are the ones that are interpreting. Right. Yeah. And and that's partly to validate it, so you're just not making stuff up. Mm -hmm. Like I don't mm -hmm. just go blah 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 blah. You know, let's <laughs> say it's the Lord. You need to you know do X Y and Z. Because uh, mm -hmm. it's 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 meant to be the way Paul puts it is that when does when that does happen, the unbelievers in your midst will know that the Lord is in your midst. That that word that tongue, according to Paul in that context, becomes prophetic, and so they know that the Lord is in your in your midst. Joseph Lopez asks if will tongues always happen that specific way? What like rapping? <laughs> I, I don't think he means rapping, yeah. although I, I think that'd be tongues. cool if tongues always happen that way. You know, it was weird. Because but I think he means the like, reason why I asked what countries this is from because it sounds a lot like the the Hakka chants I listened to from New Zealand. Mm. Um, what, it, and, and so then, you go check it out. But then why would he then go on to speak English unless? Hold on, I'm having a. He might have, be in New Zealand. Moment, maybe. He's in New Zealand, and the tongues is actually English, and he's speaking in English, and that's the tongue that he's speaking in because there's somebody who's in the audience who speaks English that needed to hear that word. It, it doesn't seem like it, but okay. <laughs> so because it's it's only uh, the cheering only happens when he's saying the English stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. So I think Joseph Lopez New Zealand, New Zealand speaks. Of, oh, I'm saying New Zealand speaks English, though. Correct, so, but there's yeah. indigenous languages. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm just the, the beat to it and stuff like that could be that it's it's there. Look, the, it, the tongues has gone like so initially when when like the Pentecostal movement started. Um, so Azusa Pacific, Azusa revivals, um, here in California, and I have a friend who did his PhD who's not. Pentecostal by any stretch of the imagination, but he was doing research in the early movements of Pentecostalism here. And uh, one of the things he told me is that there were some Pentecostal guys that were like writing in tongues. Oh yeah, I saw that. And and my buddy was like, it internally got fixed. Like some of the leaders got out within the Pentecostal circles and said, "Hey, this is not scriptural. Like nowhere in the Bible does it talk about." writing in tongues you know they're speaking in tongues there's translation but not there's no written language in tongues um rapping that's a i mean can you speak to a beat in any language yeah i suppose you can so what's is, what's interesting i, guess, I think oh. sometimes the thing i struggle with when i see stuff like that is how much of that is spirit driven per se or how much of that is for show like yeah sometimes and like who know like i don't know the theology of the church like maybe the church is very gospel centered but also if they're not then that calls into question everything else yeah so i saw um to piggyback off what you were talking about arthur about people writing in tongues um this guy daniel adams has a video in where he copied 
somebody else who was like a false prophet. I forget the guy's name. Um, Smart Christian did a uh, did a a video on this where he would write in tongues on a whiteboard, and then people in the audience would go touch the tongues and get like touch the the whiteboard in which he wrote and then get like slain in the spirit and start like crying and shaking and whatnot. There's, there's video of it. It's like, look, I'll, I'll say this about Daniel Adams specifically. And I try, I try to stay away from making comments on, you know, I don't these sort of folks. Um, I can't even call him a demon slayer anymore because uh, he's been booted from the dealers, demon slayers camp. Um, but Daniel Adams put up a video where he's lying about the location uh, or he's supporting a video. In the video, he's like, check this out, you know. And in the video, they're talking about how Geneva is where the throne of Satan is. And that's oh, where the yeah. biblical Pergamum is. And I made a video and I put comments and so did like hundreds of other people that this is blatantly false. Pergamum is not modern day Geneva. Pergamum is in modern day Turkey. You, just, you know, a three second Google search will tell you the answer to that. Um, as far as I know, that video is still up. So if somebody can't self-correct on something so simple that they get wrong, like the location of a place in the Bible compared to its modern geography, I'm going to have a hard time trusting them on stuff like writing in tongues and doing this and that. And who's also surrounded by all sorts of controversy, even from people who were getting along with him a couple of months ago. So um, I can just get out and say he's a liar. Uh, and how do I know that? Well, he put up a video where there's clearly misinformation and lies in it, and he's been corrected on it, and he refuses to take it down. Yeah. That's assuming the video is still up. I think he's, it still is. He's one of my favorite characters. I had some acting coaches uh, take a look at some of his deliverances, and they were like, this is some of the worst acting I've ever seen. Mm. Um, so just let's, let's quickly address uh, Joseph's um, question. You know, he says, if you could pull this up, the one that says when, yeah. When at Pentecost, they were talking in tongues that were understandable by others that spoke native. So there's there's like different types of, of tongues when it comes to, and this is just theologically speaking, I'm not giving my opinion on what I agree with, what I disagree with or, or anything here, but there's tongues in which it is speaking another language, right? In which somebody gets the supernatural ability to speak a language of somebody that that of a language that they do not know in order to talk to them about God, give them the gospel. Um, if you look at just what happened at the day of Pentecost, that's what was going on. The gospel was being shared with thousands of people from all over the place in their own native tongues. So you have that. Um, and then you have what, you know, essentially what we were just watching, which is nonsense, right? Where people just get up there and, um, there's no interpretation or anything. They're just rambling off a bunch of uh, incoherent words. And then there's the interpretation of where you are speaking in an angelic language. And this is something that you, if you do it in a corporate setting and where there's a, a whole bunch of people around, there has to be an interpreter present in order to interpret the tongues that are being spoken. Uh, and then there's a private uh, you know, private time, obviously you don't have somebody who is interpreting tongues with you in private because you're in private. Yeah. But, um, you know, that is 
essentially between uh, you and God. I do not speak in tongues in any of those scenarios except a little bit of Spanish. So, Yeah, I mean, in regards to what's happening uh, at Pentecost, uh, there, even scholars are in disagreement on it, whether the people are speaking in different languages or whether everybody else is hearing them in their own languages. Mm, so it's sort true. of unclear. I understood and, it in that way, where they hear it in their own language, but they're not necessarily speaking... So the, so the counter arguments are essentially because the text says, and everybody heard them in their own languages. But the argument against what LT is saying here is that then why accuse them of being drunk? Right. Because the accusation is that they're babbling, they're drunk. And then Peter says, hey, look, man, it's nine in the morning. We're not drunk. So um, could, it, could it have been, uh, and this is just me thinking about it, could it have been somebody else in the audience who may not have necessarily spoke one of the languages that were being spoken and heard the other people, you know, the other apostles speaking different languages, not their own. They only heard one that was speaking their own and they thought the other apostles were drunk. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Acts 2, um, it names where the people are from, okay? So it says now... There were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together and in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, so on and so forth. Um, are these not Galileans? And then it says, verse 8, then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? And then it lists Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, that could be multi-ethnic, multi-linguistic. Can, can you just backtrack a little bit, read, uh, just read a little back of what you just said. Um, which part do you want me to read? Um, it, was a, it was right before and they heard them in their own languages. Now, right they, were saying in, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together. There's like thunder and stuff like yep. that, right? Crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard of them, their own language being spoken. It's interesting that it just says each one, each one of them heard their own language being spoken. Yeah. Now that's the NIV. I don't, uh, I could pull out more literal translation. Doing a Bible study, guys. Doing a Bible study right on the spot. On the spot Bible study. Yep, on the spot. That's how Bible we end study. this podcast. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Yeah, so the NASB says uh, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. So, again, this is the kind of difficulty so you, in this passage. Well, no, because I'm just trying to dig into it from what you just said. Uh, you know, each one of them heard them in their own language. So that could be like a corporate them, right? So it's, it didn't say each one of them heard their own language being spoken by individual different uh, yeah. apostles, them in total. So it could be interesting. They could all just be speaking essentially, you know, one tongue that people are hearing in different languages if you are 
You know, yeah, so I, 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 I view kind of what's happening here in like multiple ways, and it's actually a lot richer than just like the tongues conversation. Um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, so, again, there's people, it names the people. Um, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the districts of Libya around Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. Okay? And they all counted in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking, saying they are full of sweet wine. Um, Peter gives a speech and says, hey, look, this, this is what Joel prophesied that God will shower um, mm -hmm. his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will see visions, X, Y, and Z. People will prophesy. And he breaks it down that, hey, we're not drunk. This is the work of the spirit. This is what was prophesied. I actually think you can actually, this is sort of like a reverse babble. Um, mm. And I'm not just saying that. That's not art. There's plenty of theologians that would agree with that. At that, at Babel, People sinned against God, and languages were divided where they couldn't understand one another. And there was disunity. Where at Pentecost, languages are, the languages are brought together, and they could understand each other, and they're glorifying God. And there's a unity that's brought in. Um, and it's a reverse babble in that, in that sense. Um, and it's God just reestablishing his authority and rule and reign in people's lives. I think there could be possibly two different sort of tongues that that's a possibility where they're tongues in the sense of like languages that people are communicating in kind of what's happening here. If they're speaking in those tongues and or people hearing them, whatever the miracle is that's happening, there could also be tongues because Paul makes this reference to like, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, yeah, but I have no love, what, what good is it? It, it, it could be that there's some kind of a language of angels um, heavenly beings that we have the ability to speak, that's a possibility. Um, what I don't see in scripture is doing it for show, doing it for hype, doing it for... I have never ever spoken in tongues from the pulpit, from the stage, or in public for everybody else to hear. I've been speaking in tongues since like 2008, I would say, 2007, 2008. Um, I probably at least once a week I speak in tongues um, in my prayer time. Never, ever had a need to showcase it. Never had a need to somehow proclaim it in front of people. Um, I've seen some crazy stuff in regards to the spiritual realm. I've seen demonic possession. I've seen casting out of demons. Um, I've participated to a certain extent in those things, in exorcisms and stuff. Um and I could stand back from those things and say, well, here's stuff that I just didn't know about and I was wrong about and the way I acted in response to that. Here's what's right. Here's what like we just don't know. It's kind of up to us. The Bible doesn't really tell us. My issue becomes when people are doing it for show. Like It's so embarrassing. I'll... So I know a couple of people that have manifested demons at a certain point in their life, and I'm, I still, I'm still friends with them. Um. It was very embarrassing for them as to that scene. When I watch 
sort of like all this stuff that gets posted on the internet and all these videos and stuff like that. I sincerely feel bad. Let's just say they're genuine uh, for the people that they tape and put on the internet. And there's hundreds of thousands of views of them manifesting a demon. It's very unnecessary. You don't need to do that. That's embarrassing to the people. Um, it, be concerned about the souls of the people if you're doing it, do it in such a way where you show genuine love and care for those people. That's it. it yeah, it's uh, spiritual gifts for clicks, like like gifts for views uh, is what's going on. You know, exorcisms for views and demonic possession for views and everything is for views. And uh, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. Yeah, I just have a hard time for it because I, I sincerely feel for the people that are going through that. Yeah. Um, it, or even, let's just say they're not demons that they're manifesting. They're just like psychologically not fully there. Right. And they're going through a hard time or whatever. Let's just say, I know people who've been manipulated and done really weird stuff. Suppose that stuff was recorded and it was on the internet and five years later they're looking at it and they have no way or power of having that taken down. Right. I, I, why don't these guys think about that stuff? The they dog. should, as God-fearing, Jesus-loving people, I'm giving them a quite a bit of respect here. I, I Genuinely. I'm, I'm just going to, they say they love Jesus. They say they're doing a ministry and they love the people they're doing ministry to. They should be caring about these people and what their lives would look like. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like if at 20 you had some kind of an experience like that. Let's just say you even like fell and foamed at the mouth and were doing hysteric stuff and trying to punch people or whatever like that. Even if it is a genuine demonic um, manifestation. And now you're 35 and you're looking back on that. It's, it's a very sad moment in your life. It's not a happy one. You can, it, it's, it would be the equivalent, I would say, of any one of us being at our like lowest point in sin and that being recorded and just put for the world forever to see. Right. I wouldn't want that. That That's just mm -hmm. my point. You want to do that stuff? Do it. If God's leading you, if the Spirit is leading you, and it's actual real stuff, it's the authentic real deal, praise God. Yeah. It doesn't need to be showcased. I always talk uh, whenever the, this like deliverance stuff comes up and people ask me my opinion on it, and, and the I call it like, it's like neo deliverance ministry, right? It's it's this new um, hyper sensationalized version of it. Because if you if you just look at somebody like a Derek Prince, right? I don't know if you're familiar yeah, yeah. at all with mm -hmm. his work. So I disagree with you know Christians being able to be possessed by demons or have demons or whatever uh, goalposts they're moving into nowadays, um, but. If you just look at how he handled these types of situations, it was with such humility, so with such patience, with such care for the people that um, that he truly believed he was helping. And just to, from a very humble heart, when when he would speak about pastors who disagree with him, he would he would he would come at it from such a humble place, and you could see the fruit of the spirit in 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 his demeanor. The dude had like 12 foster kids, you know what I mean? Um, 
when when you look at somebody like that who's essentially a lot of their heroes in in one way or another and then you compare that man's life and ministry regardless of whether i theologically agree with him or not in in many of these areas but if you just look at his life and how he lived and how he loved in comparison to this neo deliverance ministry for views type movement we have going on making movies out of this and spectacles of people at their lowest these are two different things that we have going on here same bad theology just um on steroids and uh i believe for ulterior motives i don't think that derek prince was doing this to like sell books and seminars and all that but i do think a lot of these guys are like man this is a money train and if it's not a money train it's an attention train that um can lead to money as well so it's um it's tough but it's all falling apart at the seams you know they're all having fallouts and calling this one out calling that one out and i'm like ah i'm here for it you know <laughs> i don't know how we got on this topic but oh yeah tongues tongues let speaking us speaking in tongues rapping yeah, in, tongues. in tongues yeah it's, for me it's like um Again, it, it, let's just say the, it's very interesting, the video. So the guy's speaking in tongues, and then the beat starts going, and then he starts going with the beat. Could you do that in any language? Suppose the apostles are speaking in Armenian, right? Um, and somebody starts Sense. like going with a beat in the background, and, and, and they like go along with the beat. Is that wrong? No. Is that possible? Yeah, I mean, you can, you can go with the beat in any language. Um, I just I wouldn't think. say that. Like I wouldn't. It would be really <laughs> weird if they came out and said, "Oh, this was like specifically revealed to me in rapping format." <laughs> that I would start like having serious, serious questions about. Um, the only again, thing I, that I could think you of realize how generous I'm trying to be here. <laughs> yeah, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can think of from a biblical standpoint where I see music outside of just simple praise and worship is in the old testament when elisha prophesies the sound of the lyre or the harp uh that's the only case i can really think of where i can see music and like prophecy going on simultaneously as two things interacting Bro, that otherwise i don't really see this happening in scripture oh he that knows was his a, bible yo that was a good pull like you pulled that out the out the cabinet for that that was incredible i would have never correlated that in this moment right now that was i mean that was don't prophetic ask me to, in don't itself ask me to tell you where you find it i just know it <laughs> i just know it's in there like i know it exists arthur's looking it up right now I am. he's Fact gonna he's yeah he's live. gonna have it he's gonna have it in every version Elisha. one of the prophets do that was good. That was fire. Even if even if you you got the pro the specific prophet wrong, just the fact that you knew that and to bring it up right now was incredible. That's why I like hanging out with you. Uh, okay, Second Kings three fifteen. You did it quicker um, than I did. This is the NIV version, but Second Kings three is basically where you can find it. Um, I should pull up the whole chapter. There, Second the Kings three. Um, what's up, chat? How are you guys doing while we're looking for stuff? You guys all right? <laughs> so is, is there a specific verse? 
Well, 15 is where he talks to the harpist. Okay, so it says, but now bring me a minstrel. That this is the that's a harp, I'm assuming, right? Something like that. Because NIV know. calls it a harpist. Bring yeah. me a harpist. Yeah, bring essentially bring me a musician. You still um, need NASB? Yeah, I mean uh and it came about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Came on, on, yep. That's pr prophetic. He said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of trenches for thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind nor shall see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water. I, I, here's the thing. I wonder if he's singing it or not. Yeah, that's that what I. That's what I'm curious. Like, I'm really curious if in Hebrew. So the, it's I, I think there, there. I actually think there's a way to figure this out. Okay. Or did it, oh boy. So he Second called, Kings 13. Hold on, right? wait. He called someone over. Let's us just break this down in simple <laughs> English, okay? So he called someone over to play the harp. Yes. And then started prophesying. Yes. Okay. So he called someone over. Play the dude's playing the harp. This is. To me, this is a prime example of Big Eva. Play that one chord in the background. <laughs> I, I don't think it I was I don't know that about long. that, man. <laughs> I I, I'd, like to, I'd like to bring the band back up. The, the band, you can, come up, you can come up as I close out. I, I, I think it was a little bit more... Uh... But ES, I'll read the ESV, by the way. It does say musician. It says, but now bring me a musician. And when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. Okay. Mm. Now, I think the way you could figure this out is, the, because it's in quotation marks in our English, mm -hmm. is whether, and I wish I knew Hebrew, whether the following statements in Hebrew have a, have a rhythmic, repetitious mm -hmm. feel to them. If it does, then he's singing it. Yo, we got to look into this. I am. I got my, my commentary <laughs> open right now. So, I, who do we you, know that speaks Hebrew that's up right now? Who do we uh, know? <laughs> think actually, it's, Radar Apologetics was just streaming. <laughs> Let's crash his stream and be like, dude, read, read this now. <laughs> we got a question about Second Kings, uh, <laughs> starting chapter three. You know, when the dude brought over the harp? We got the a question. Reason, the only reason why I know about this passage is because it's like the most common one that gets brought up in my experience when it comes to this sort of topic of prophecy and music and things like that, because within like charismatic circles, you'll see a lot of um, different ways that they try to prophesy. Um, so this is one of the examples that they will use sometimes. What's the exact uh, chapter and verse? Uh, chapter three of second Kings um, 15 is where it mentions bringing the harpist. Oh, by the way, uh, it also said uh, the, the commentary he says in First Samuel 10:5, the band of prophets that meets Saul on the road. Oh yeah, That's yeah, right. they're they're playing music. Yeah. Mm hmm. So it it could be that this was a style of prophetic utterance. This is very interesting to me. Maybe they were rapping it. I, I don't think they were rapping. <laughs> was this, was this I, I doubt they were hey, rapping. Hey, hey, here, 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 here. This is what you can do. You're going to clip this out and you're going to title it something like The Bible Invented Rap. Oh, no. Mm, oh, Click here. <laughs> Click bait would be the you better way. Believe. <laughs> you won't believe. 
Um, yeah, I'm like I'm going through the commentaries just looking for. Y'all are you're, y'all are really looking deep into this. Yeah, yeah, I'm super into this right now. Where, <laughs> Maybe they were wrapping it unironically. Where's Nick from Bible Dingers? He, we could ask Chat GPT. No, no, no. Let, no. Let, let us know in the comments. Do you think that they were no. rapping in the Bible? <laughs> were they rapping to these problems? They might have been. They might have been. <laughs> hey, what maybe is rapping? What is rapping? Slam poetry. Maybe it was slam what is poetry. rapping, right? Like, if we want to seriously have a conversation, like, do other cultures have had a, have other cultures used rhythmic speech? Yeah. Rhyming speech along yeah. with music. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in the Bible. For centuries. Like the Bible has Psalms where there is a rhythm to it. There's a repetition to it. There, There's all sorts of stuff going on. The and there thing, is though, music put to these things. Now, again, it's not the sort of rap that you and I might be I was thinking. Say, it's just it not is. rap like we know it today. So, from correct. The urban but neither was 1930s rap. I mean, when I listen to modern rap, like what the kids are listening to, it's like, wizzy, 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 wizzy. Like, that's not rap, man. Is that I don't your know best what they're example doing. Of what is rap? this the first time you just spoke in tongues publicly? Yeah, I know. Huh? It was incredible. <laughs> that, we should, that's we not rap to me. Track right there. <laughs> we just start a Why Jesus Rap group. I have stayed away from rap for a long time. <laughs> but John, we got to bring you back. I got this the feels- microphone right here. You can oh. hear me, though, right? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you. You're just frozen. I don't know what's going on here, fellas. You'll come back, bro. We believe in you. The donkey was rapping to Balaam. That's oh, a- no. <sighs> um, so what if, what if they were just trying to, like, what if, what if he was just trying to get some background music going for when he was given this message? In the video clip that we watched? No, I, I'm still So here's the, the problem with that, Kings John. Thing. John, he specifically asks for a musician. Yeah, but that's... I don't know. I don't imagine you ask for a musician if you're not going to do something more poetic. I'm telling you, it could, it could I mean, very well it's also, be... Like, that doesn't surprise me either because it's in a culture where a lot of people are illiterate and so how they remember things is through music and through like certain ways of re- repetition and storytelling and poetry. These are how... these were the means of which they remembered things. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that prophecy would fall into that category as doing those things as well to help people remember them. That's possible. It's also, like, the partially, like, also partially the reason why people, the prophets sometimes did really crazy things like lay on their side for several days yeah. and um, burn food over, uh, you know, donkey. Dun- let me, let me read out of First Chronicles 25.1. It says, David and the chiefs of the service also set apart for the service of the sons of Asaph and of Haman and of Jeduthun who prophesied with lyres and with harps mm-hmm. and with cymbals. These dudes got a band. Wow. They got drums, you know, stringed instruments. And specifically it says they're prophesying with lyres, harps, and cymbals. The list of those who did the work end of their duties was and then it lists it uh but it it could be very well argued that there was a genre of prophecy if we could put it that way where music was involved they're gonna take this and run with it if they come across this video (laughs) okay we got biblical support 
Yeah, it's, um, we're, look, we're, we're creating a whole theology for people right now. <laughs> now, here's, I, the I thing. Think, here's the thing I should, sorry, um, we should specify. We're looking at descriptive texts. Right. Mm-hmm. Not in, in the New Testament, we don't get prescriptive texts telling us, hey, if you're going to prophesy, make sure you got, you know, two drums, 13 flutes, 15 and guitars. The, and, and the tambourine guy. Yeah, like it, it, we, we don't get a text like that. All we're saying is, there are places in the Bible where there's prophecy along with music. Yeah. Now, what we do with that, what it looks like in the New Testament context versus the Old Testament context is, is very different. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to even in the days of the Old Testament, prophecy was not meant for show or money gain. It was meant to literally share what yes. the word of the Lord is. Right. So if anyone's doing this for money or for power or for any of that, they're already led astray. I mean, Did you guys, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I was just going to say that kind of the example of that as well is when the sorcerer basically tries to pay for the Holy Spirit. And, well, that didn't go well for him. I'll just put that oh, man. My man, Simon. Arthur, is it true that Simon was, uh, became, one of the people who started like the Gnostic sects of Christianity. I, I don't know. I I wouldn't think it would be that simple. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I've just, it's something I heard in passing. I was, and, and since I have you here and you're so smart. Yeah. N- like, Gnosticism is a, uh, when you look at actually, when you actually look at the theology of Gnosticism, it's very complicated. Oh, no, it's super complicated. Like, philosophically, it's very, very complicated about necessity and progression of deities. And, you know, it's it's aeons and stuff. Like, it's it's been. When you get into the second, third century, it's a very complicated system. So, there's a lot more going on than just, you know, Simon Simon. came up with this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, you guys don't want to be part of the team. I'm going to go start my own thing. You know? Did you guys ever see the video of uh, Jenny Weaver singing in tongues? I I don't know who Jenny Weaver is. Uh, Part of it. I have no idea who that is. Demon Slayer group. She just became. Oh, she's the only female I've seen. Okay, yeah, now I know who that is. She just became an apostle. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. So uh, that's a nice upgrade. So is is there like like an upgrading process that these guys are going through? I don't know, but I'm like, like you're a prophet, I feel, and then you become an apostle. I just like, feel left out, Arthur. Like, if everybody's gonna rank up, like, what are we doing here at Why Jesus? Just sitting here using our regular names. It's John, not even my real name. Uh, we, Clash we, is not we, even we, my real last name. You know, we call you the King of the Why Jesus podcast. El Rey de um, Porque Jesus. Even yeah, though you're at the bottom of the screen and the smallest one on the screen. <laughs> LT, I'm, I'm not going to do that, by the way. I'm not calling him a king. Uh, but <laughs> but I, there, there should be something about, like, so in the New Testament, you get the apostles. And, and the apostles aren't, like, ranking up or down or whatever like that, you know, in the sense of, like, now we're prophets or, like, some, some sort of crazy thing like that. Like, they're apostles, they're apostles. Yeah. It's just that's it. Yeah, like like Philip's daughters are are prophetesses. Okay, they didn't rank um, up. That one dude that prophesies about Paul being arrested, and you know he takes his belt and wraps his hands and stuff. Um, 
Like it doesn't go, oh yeah, and then later on they became apostles. Like they they grew. <laughs> it it just doesn't exist. <laughs> oh man! Oh my word! Yo, get get Yo. this is salvation out the chat. Get block em. salvation <laughs> came at my life. Mods, block mods, mods came at my life. My word! Yo, you can always my, count on him for my greatest for insecurity something. has been. Put on public, <laughs> put on blast. But yeah, it is interesting. I guess the only upgrade from apostle was given by Paul to the super apostles, right? <laughs> you mean the false prophets? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the super apostles. So I guess putting super in front is the downgrade, though. What is this conversation? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, we got to do like Jerome and By get way, to I sleep. have a book here. What yeah, you got, you got tons of books there, bro. Arthur points to that whole bookshelf. There's a book somewhere book here, here. That, that, that is titled God's Super Apostles. It would have been more interesting if you were like, oh, I have a, a pencil over here or something. Like, I would have helped you look for it, but... I have a book. I have a book here on my bookshelf. There's this one book. I here. also have a book here, by the way. I didn't know if you could tell. <laughs> I have foam padding back here for the sound. So it's so called it's God's Super Apostles, and it's specifically against the New Apostolic Reformation. Oh man, it's really? actually going off. That sounds that, like a good idea. A good book. Speaking of good books, we have John Clash's oh. book <laughs> oh, here: no. Law of Attraction. A All right, drug take him off the spiritual screen. Heroin. <laughs> That, that, uh, you can buy the audiobook of that as well, written uh, read by John Clash. Yes, you definitely can. So if you is, enjoy is, is my ad segment, my we should voice. have the Arthur's like QR code for him. I don't have that classes. anymore. That yeah, it only for, lasts for a week. That was for one week. Yeah. Well, we got to do it for another week. Come on. <laughs> we need yeah. all the ad money we can get for this channel. <laughs> it's, it's running on fumes, as Matt would say. It's running it's on fumes. almost like we're making no money off this. Yeah, almost. Almost. Could it be? Could it be? We're secretly making millions. We're just not telling everyone. Yeah, yeah. That's it. With our <laughs> with our 70 views on our videos, making gajillions. Gajillions. Anyway, I think uh I think I've ran my course. All right. <laughs> I think we ran our course. It's been over an hour and a half now. It's uh, been fun though. I, I'm still trying to figure out if there's like a poetic flow to that text. No, nah, we're gonna we're gonna come back, Arthur. Like we are 100 percent gonna do some digging into this, and we're gonna revisit this topic. Tune in next time. We should we should definitely do like uh sometimes just do not news or politics or anything like that. Just do like a Q and A, and maybe during something like that we could also talk about just theology the entire time. Yeah, definitely. I I'm into it. I'm definitely into it. Let us know in the comments. If, you're, if you've been listening this long, you are the real OG. So let us know in the trooper. comments if that would be something you'd be interested in. You are a trooper. Hold on. Somebody said, Brother John, what do you think about the evangelist Candelita from Puerto Rico? Who is Candelita? Hold on. Got to put the mic down. Drop the mic. Uh, I have no idea. Nothing's coming up on my uh, on my thing. But if you can just send me an email, my email is on my YouTube channel, and send me the information. I would love to look into it. But um, with that being said, 
Hey, can I read this commentary? Yeah, go, might as well. <laughs> yeah. Arthur's got to, yo, you got to scratch the itch. All right, cool. Let's do it. So this is out of uh, the IVP Old Testament Bible background commentary. Sourcing. Uh, is I also important. read that before I go to bed every night. Yeah, me too. I got it's a actually the, the Old Testament, the, the IVP Old Testament <laughs> and New Testament Bible background commentaries are very good when you want to talk about culture and language and stuff like that in the text. They don't really tell you the meaning of the text. They give you a lot of background information. So it's really good. That's uh, one of my first kind of go-to resources. Really solid scholars. Uh, 3.15, it says the translation of minstrel would be preferable here since, as opposed to harpist or um, musician, since the instrument is not mentioned. It is most likely a lyre of the same type that David played for Saul. Typically, especially in the early period, prophets would use various procedures in order to prepare themselves for receiving prophetic oracles. Music played an important role in inducing a trance-like state, ecstasy, that was seen as making one receptive to the divine message. In the Mari text, there is an entire class of temple personnel who were ecstatic and often provided prophetic messages. So this is extra biblical stuff. The lyre usually had two arms rising up from the sound box. The strings were attached to the crossbar at the top of the instruments. Examples of lyres have been found in Canaanite Megiddo. So it was just essentially, essentially cultural. So it, it could so, be the case that it, it this would have been something that was expected of prophets. Like mm. the audience is familiar with this sort of process when it came when it came to um, prophesying or uh, speaking divine messages. That maybe um, yeah, it was accompanied by music. Yeah, that's interesting that we um, even today would would essentially look at music as a way to kind of get in the zone. Well, I think music does something to your soul that nothing else does. There's yeah. no question in my mind about that. And I think it's a great gift of God for us to worship Him and honor Him in music because Amen. we feel um, my, uh, with very the music. My midnight brethren would disagree with you. Uh, yeah, well, that seems like a main night problem. <laughs> Um, they, they need to get more in tune with Middle Eastern culture and music is what I would say. It's pretty like German, you know, dry Germans. Only hymns, no instruments. Yeah, sorry, dude. I'm going to whip out like all sorts of crazy instruments. But um, what the, the reality is that culturally, like, you know, again, if, if I think there's a prophetic oracle happening at a certain period of time where that is the thing, say like hymns or whatever. I don't think God's going to shock it by just bringing some random stuff in there. It, it, it would be hymns. Um, but it makes sense culturally for you to see something. So uh, like, look at the equivalent. The equivalent would be like a, a reverence caller. We see that. We go, oh, man of God, just automatically in our culture. It's like, well, how would you tell a prophet is a prophet in the ancient world? There could be all sorts of reasons and, and stuff like that. Like in Israel, as a matter of fact, you might be able to tell that someone is taking a, um, a Nazarite vow by the length of their hair and what they ate and what they drank and, and the way they lived. Uh, you would be able to tell the priests of Israel by what they wore, right? There's mm -hmm. specific the rules as to what they can wear and, and what they may not wear. 
And it would make sense that culturally, if there's some kind of an expectation that if any kind of an oracle from God uses music, that you get Israelites using music. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm now we satisfied. know. Now we know. The, the itch truth. has been scratched. Yes. And with that, we can finish the scratching of this episode. That was a great transition <laughs> to the conclusion. So any final thoughts before we end close out here? Anything? No, no final words or anything? No, I'm just happy that okay. Arthur had a book there. So. All right. Well, that was my Logos Bible software that has a lot of books in it, but I have one book back there too. <laughs> There we go. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It is at least late for me. I know it's still early for Arthur as he's about to party <laughs> on into the night. Uh, but I am about to crash into my bed, which is a few steps away. So uh, thank you for listening, and hopefully you enjoyed it. Even uh, we, we enjoy over here. So you know, leave a like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, and uh, hopefully we'll find you next Tuesday. See ya. God bless.